0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Go back to, 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 to Third John, where we were last week and the week before. Hallelujah. I like it in the Amplified, Third John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way, that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. Now we've been talking about the intention of God, which is just another word for the will of God. That's all it is, the will of God, the intention. What does God intend? You ought to ask God sometimes, what do you intend for me? What do you intend for me to do? Where do you intend for me to go? What do you intend for me to have? Because just because He intends it for you doesn't mean you're going to get it. That means you need to get to work. Everybody say get to work. Now, let's go over these words real quick and then we'll go over to another scripture. Uh, An intention is a determination to act in a certain way to bring about a desired result. That intention brings about influence. What are you under the influence of? Now listen, let me just say this. You need to make sure your life stays under the influence of number one, the Word of God. Amen. 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 Say the word, the word of God. Say the Word of God. Word of God. Number two, the Spirit, God. the Spirit of God. Amen. And then number three, you need to make sure that your intention, that, excuse me, that your influence stays under the umbrella of the house of God that God has put you in. Yeah. Now you say, why is that? Well, if we didn't have any intentions around here, I'd tell you not to do that. But man, we've got nations to go to, buildings to build, ministries to raise up. We've got a lot to do. So you need to come under the influence of that, and and you need to guard anything that would try to come in as a negative influence, because there's resistance all around. You listen. Paul talked about wolves that would rise up outside, that would rise up inside. You can't come under the influence of wolves. That's what puts you on the defensive. They're on the television. They're on the radio. They're on the internet. Someone might try to call you, ask you why you go to a church like that. And listen, you need to make sure that you keep that influential flow coming into your life pure. That's right. Amen. And if you got the Word of God, and the Spirit of God in the right place, then the other influence of the church you belong to, your own calling and destiny, your business, your family, your job, your ministry, all of that's going to come right into place, and it's going to operate correctly. Amen? So out of that intention comes a perception change. Sometimes people need a perception change. You just don't see things. Listen, I've never seen things the way I look out and see them. I never see things according to the information that my natural eyes, natural ears, and natural senses tell me. And that hadn't been an easy path to do that, but I see things the way God sees them. I don't see, I mean, I used to preach in little churches with 25 and 30 people. I would see big churches. You know what? I preached in the big churches. I would see uh, crusades, big crusades. I got to preach those big crusades. I got to see, uh, uh, I'd see myself preaching in these big mega churches like in in Paul Chase's church. I got to see myself do that. Listen, never limit yourself to what you're seeing with your natural eye. Let your perception change. Amen. Amen. See your paycheck bigger. If you don't live if you're not living in the place you like, see, see a house. Yes, amen. You don't know how many houses Leah has drove up to and knocked on the door, ask him, Do you want to sell this house to me? <laughs> Most people say no, amen. But some, we just we just refuse to get into our eyes something other than the intention of God. Amen. Now notice this: intention, I read that definition, influence is the power of causing an effect in an indirect or intangible way. Then perception is a mental image or observation. So people say, well, you're not one of those visual people, are you? That talks about visioning the vision. Yes! yes. yes. absolutely. That's exactly how our Heavenly Father is. Amen. When man sinned in the garden, he had a vision of redemption. Amen. Thank God he did. We all go to hell if he didn't. Amen. Amen. Then out of that comes what? Full persuasion. Now it's hard to get full persuasion if you don't know the intention of God, if you're not under His influence and your perception hasn't changed. But if you're under His perception, excuse me, if you're under His influence and you're discovering the vastness of His intentions for your life, then I guarantee you full persuasion comes. Hallelujah. And what does the Bible say about that? Yeah. That God is able to cause His promises to fully persuade you so that he can perform them in your life. Let me say this and then we'll go to the next scripture. You're so much more than you think you are. You're so much more than what you see with your eyes right now. You're so much more than what you see when you look in the mirror. Your finances are so much more than what your pocketbook is telling you. You're a child of God. God has not trusted an angel to inhabit you. God has not trusted some, you know, some foreign... He, he only trusted himself in the person of the Holy Ghost to abide on the inside of you and empower. He only trusts himself in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Now, 2 Peter... I'm just going to pull one scripture out, then we'll go to, go to Ephesians real quick. 2 Peter 3... And I don't want to go through all of this. If you are, are interested in this kind of stuff, come and listen to Brother Ted teach on, uh, on end times in Sunday school class. But it says here in verse 9 of 2 Peter chapter 3 it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long suffering to usward. Now, listen to this. He's not willing, or it's not his intention. That any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Did you get that? Let me just let me make it kind of plain. It's not God's intention that anybody go to hell. But do people go to hell? Yes, they do. So you've got to understand. I wrote a couple of notes here as I was studying this. This all begins. God's intention, his influence your change of perception, and you being fully persuaded all begins with your choice. And the problem is our lives are a sum total of our choices. I, I wrote this down. Choices are either valuable or worthless, depending on what they produce. You ever made a bad choice? Oh, I've made, I've made many of them. I've made, I've made some choices that I've had to ask God for mercy to get me out of because I made a choice, I thought it was right, I thought it was God, and it just ended up a mess. And I said, God, mercy! The Bible says His mercies are new every morning, so I got up early in the morning looking for new mercy. Now, listen to this. God is bound by His sovereignty. Boundaries of times, seasons, generations, dispensations, and purposes are determined by what God has said in His Word. And God does not step outside. Now, we may see, and I I can prove this according to the Word of God, we may see, this is why I'm so excited about the day and hour in which we live in. We may see in this dispensation, as it draws to an end, a taste of the world that is to come, and of the power of the world's to come. Now, you say, "Uh, do you have any proof of that. Well, the the scripture talks about it over in Hebrews, but Jesus was a cross-dispensational minister. He reached over into the new covenant and granted people blessings on that which he was going to do. Amen. They had every right to stone the woman caught in adultery, but what did he do? He forgave her. And he gave her mercy. He healed people outside the covenant. He touched people's lives in such a way that he was showing them, this is what's coming, this is what's coming. You don't want to miss this. This is what's coming. This is what's coming. This is what's coming. You don't want to miss this. And that's just what he's doing today. But then there are things within the boundaries of his sovereignty. See, people use the word sovereignty like God's sitting up in heaven. I watched a movie the other day. I would, we did a lot of travel in the past 10 days and, and I was tired so I took a day to kind of rest. And I was leaning back in my, my uh, uh, recliner and I, and I saw a movie I thought "Want to watch. And, and it was about this man that came home from Vietnam wounded. He was really bad wounded. And he was laying up in the hospital. He was dying. And his family was around, his wife and his two sons. And then he died. And then the boy goes out and he prays to God very angrily. Because at the funeral... The pastor got up and said that God needed this man in heaven. So this boy's prayer was this. God, what would you need him for more than I need him for as a son? What would you need him for in heaven? He's my dad. He's my father. Why would you need him for? Well, we all know that that's just a bunch of garbage. That God God didn't destroy that man. God didn't kill that man. War did. But see, that is the mentality of the world. God, why did you do this to me? God, why did you allow this to happen? God, no, 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 no. His sovereignty, he said, well, if he didn't allow it to happen, if he didn't do it, why didn't he do something about it? His sovereignty literally creates a standard, a pattern, a mode in which he operates that we have to enter into in order to get his sovereignty to work for our problem. You didn't get saved your own way. So I just thought I'd stand on one foot on a Thursday and say hallelujah. Because of that I'm saved. (laughs) You're not saved, amen. Because God in his sovereignty has shown us how to get saved. He's shown us how to get born again. Now, real quick, Ephesians. I told you I wouldn't preach long. Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, this is good. You're going to like this. Chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace... For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, least any man should boast. Now let me read in the Amplified. I like in the Amplified. It It is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. Through your faith, And this salvation is not of yourselves, not of your own doing. It came not through your own striving. Oh, listen to this. It is the gift of God. Now, let me find my marker here that I wrote it on. I know I've got it. Here it is right here. Grace. Now, I didn't go into the concordance to get the Greek definition. I wanted to to use the definition out of the dictionary. Unmerited divine assistance given to humans. (laughs) Fourteen people should have read around the church right there. (laughs) Unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their reign in creation and satisfaction And approval for favor from God. Now, I want you to see two realms this morning. I'll close with this. Here's this natural realm. My feet are hitting the ground. I feel the air conditioning kind of cooling me off. I hear my voice through the sound system. I see the lights on the screen, the lights in the auditorium. It's in there, walking in this natural realm. Then there's another realm. It is the real realm. It is the realm we all came from. It is the realm of the Spirit. In that realm is this powerful stuff. Everybody say stuff. You say, what is that stuff? That stuff is the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Amen? So, here is this grace, but where is, where is it not? It's not in this realm. It's in that realm. But where is the only place it's useful? In this realm. Amen? That's where it's useful. She's okay. That's where it's useful in this realm. Grace up in that realm? They don't need it. They don't need grace. They don't need nothing like that. We need it down here. We need grace right here. Everybody say right here. So, the Bible says, for by grace you're what? You're what? What is salvation? It is the It is the sovereignty of God released through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ providing for us access into the unseen realm so we can go into that realm and get that stuff and bring it into this realm. Amen? Amen. Amen. For by grace. Everybody say, "For for by grace. You are safe. Now the word salvation is a huge word. Healing preservation, soundness, safety, deliverance, all you'll ever need, all you ever want, and eternal life, which means when you die, you go to heaven forever. And we know that there's much more to that, coming and reigning and ruling with Christ for a thousand years, all those things. But God knew in order for us to operate down here in the realm where our feet hit the ground, where our coats hang on our shoulders, where we drive our cars... Where we, where we enjoy the air conditioning lights, He knows in order for us to survive in this realm we need the grace from that realm. Amen. So He sent His Son Jesus the Word made flesh that dwelt among us. That thing that Jesus did, I see it sometimes, I don't know if you've ever seen an animated picture of how they drill oil wells. You know they'll show, the, they'll show whether it's offshore or onshore they'll show the derrick They'll show the, the drill floor. They'll show the drill stem of the pipe, how they go into the ground, and how they, they're, they're looking. They're searching. That rock bit's down there just, just going, going, going. They even know how to drill laterally now. They can, they can drill under things and do that. And that rock bit's moving, and they're going, and they're going, and they're drilling. Then all of a sudden, they hit something. They hit something. And say they hit oil, say on the first strike. You know, amazing thing about the Spindletop oil boom that the, 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 uh, the historians tell us that many men made their fortunes, millions and millions, even billions of dollars at ten cents a barrel. Wow. So you, you imagine the oil that came out of Spindletop. But the guy that found it went bankrupt looking for it. And he went and he hopped everything that he had so that he could drill 500 more feet. And that 500 more feet put him in to the mother load. And he tapped into something. It was unseen. But when he tapped into it, up it flowed and changed everything about not only, not only his life, but the life of our state. And that, that, that oil field still produces. Now, you got to see Jesus. He's the one who is the derrick of God, who drilled into the sovereignty of God through his death, burial, and resurrection so that the cursed human family could tap in to the gusher of God. But now here's the deal. You can hit a gusher in the natural in the oil field. But there's a process to getting that into the place of production where you can put it in your car. Actually, once the drill stems down there, they gotta pull that up. They gotta put Casey, they gotta go down, and they gotta perforate that well. They got Halliburton, they got Slumberjay, they got all these different people. And there's a process they go through before they actually get that stuff out of the ground. Then you gotta store it. Now you gotta bring it up here to Texas City. Now you gotta put it in a cat cracker. Now you gotta do all this kind of stuff. And eventually you just pour it into your car from the gas station that you go up and fill up at. But you do not realize the process that stands behind it. We take it for granted. We never think about that when we're filling up our car. In the same way, God has allowed His Son Jesus to tap into His grace, which is the great reservoir of mercy and healing, salvation and blessing, and all that God wants you to have. Then what He does Is he turned you into a drilling company? And he says, Here's the deal. Here's my word, here's my spirit. I'm going to put it all inside you, for you are the refinery. And as long as you refine what I'm putting in you, it's going to come out of your life, and I'm going to be able to... I'll put it into your finances. I'll put it into your health. Put it into your family. I'll put it into your business. I'll put what? I'll put grace. I'll put grace. I'll put grace, grace, grace. You'll, come into, you'll find out my intention. You'll come under my influence. Your, perspective, uh, your perception will change, and you will be fully persuaded that what I have promised, I'm also able to perform. Amen. See, don't don't look at it like you're just going to go down to the gas station and take the pump out of the, take the nozzle out of the pump and pour it all over yourself and light yourself on fire and say that'll take care of it all. That's not going to do it. There is a finished product that God desires for every one of you in your life. It's different for every person. It's different for every family. It literally is that will of God that God wants you to walk in and that which he he wants you to have. He's paid an enormous price to do what? To do the exploration and to, to provide everything we need for it to come into our life. But now it's time for the church to walk in the fullness of the grace that God has provided. For by grace you are saved through faith. Now, thinking in your mind, this is how the enemy will do Oh yeah, that's all right, that's all true. But you know, you're going through this for a reason. Are you going, this problem's in your life because, you know, God's trying to, always remember, God is trying to revert your mind into a religious mind. You say, what do you mean by that? A religious mind is a mind that thinks outside the word of God about God and what he is doing. So, you know, I know, I know, yeah, Pastor Rusty gets up and says, it's the thief that comes, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I know he said Jesus has come, but I tell you, I know some of these things that I'm going through in my life. It's got to be God causing me to go. No, it's not. That's a religious mindset. God would never hurt you. God would never harm you. God would never try to destroy you. None of that. None of that's of God. You've got to, listen, you've got to divorce yourself from that thinking. And you've got to see God as your greatest helper as your greatest fan, as your greatest asset in life. You've got to see it like that, and you've got to so influence yourself with that reality that anytime anything negative rises up in your life, you know, that ain't God. That's not God, man. That ain't God. God wouldn't do that to me. God wouldn't hurt me like that. God wouldn't harm me like that. And if you can get that mindset changed and come under the influence of that, you will begin to resist those things in your life. And many times it starts just with thoughts that come into our minds that try to keep us. Now listen, I don't know why in our lives, in Lee and I's life, we have had so much what I call scenery change. John chapter 7 talks about Jesus, the last day of the feast. You know, he said, "Uh, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. One thing about rivers, if you get in a river and travel down it, you'll have scenery changes. We've had scenery changes, everything from where we go to what we do to, to how we minister, everything. There's all kinds of changes. Our life has been, the only constant in our life has been change. If you've sat in a place in life for a period of time in which there's been no change whatsoever, but you so desire it, you think, God, there's got to be some change, then quit looking outward and look inward. And instead of believing God to change circumstances, believe God to change you. So that you'll have a greater revelation of His grace, a greater revelation of His sovereignty, a greater revelation of His design for your life, His will for your life, His intention for your life. Come under the influence of that and your perception will change and you will not see what you have and see what you're doing. You'll see beyond that to what God wants you to have and what God wants you to do. Without that, we're just like the world. Now think about that. Without that, we're just like the world, biding our time till death runs its course. Now, last story. I read an article years ago called God's Waiting Room. It was in a surfer magazine, a surfer's journal, about this guy. He was 78 years old, and when he got about 50... He was a professional surfer. He made a lot of money in the surf industry. And so he could live in, on any beach he wanted, go any, you know, go do. But, but when he got up in his, in his late 50s, he just quit surfing. He, he said his body, his, his joints began to calcify, hurt him to do it. And he said one day he woke up and he, and he had this thought, I'm just sitting around waiting to die. I've got the money I need. I, I, I can live and do the thing I want. And he said this. He said, I made a decision to reinvent myself. And you know what he did? He started snow skiing. He surfed every beach in the world, every wave that ever broke. But he made a decision. I'm going to and he became a pioneer in the in the snowboard industry. Made his second fortune. Now he's in his 90s and he lives on a beach in Maui where he bodyboards every day because he can't paddle. <laughs> but every day he's out there on a mat kicking his feet into the waves, because he didn't give up when he was 58. He needed to change the scenery. Some of you, if you just let God do it, he'll so change your perspective, cause his blessing to come upon your life, and he'll show you something other than what you're seeing right now. He'll show you beyond that, and he'll say, that's what I want you to have. That's what I want you to do. That's where I want you to go. That's who I want you to be. And I guarantee you, if you'll go after that... Listen, I'd rather go after that and fall flat on my face than to sit around and not go after it and to die thinking, I missed something. Don't do that. Live your life for God. And I guarantee you, it'll be the greatest life you ever lived. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Father, we bless your name this morning. Thank you for what a wonderful time in your presence. Thank you for encouraging us, for ministering to us, for allowing your spirit to move among us for words of knowledge and words of wisdom, for the gifts of the Holy Ghost in operation, for your healing power. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the revival we see when we look at Island Church. We look beyond what we see right now. We see the masses. We see the hurting. We see the broken. We see the addicted. We see the afflicted coming in mass and tapping in to the grace of God we thank you for mercy flowing we thank you for blessings and all that we put our hand to prospering as we don't stay in a stagnant place but as we press forward into the good things of God Father thank you so much for what you've done for us this day your word and your spirit working together to effect a change in us we thank you for it Father Lord we thank you these words that are given, that carry the potential of God, that we're able to add to it the promise of God that will cause our faith to rise to new levels. Lord, we know many are out today. My own family at their family reunion, our family reunion. Many others that are traveling on vacation. Our one couple that's traveling internationally. We lift up all of our church that is not present with us this morning and the church that is here thanking you Lord no evil befalls us no plague comes nigh our dwelling place angels have charge over us thank you Father whether we travel on the highways the seaways the railways the airways or any other way of travel or transportation we are protected the righteous labor of our hands those that work in the ocean those that work in education work in medicine work in oil construction in every area and every way Lord God we thank you there's no accidents, no evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you for our door of utterance. Let it grow wider. Lord, even as we approach August, September, October, these outreaches, let that door of utterance open. There are people out there that are needing to be loved, needing to be touched, needing to, needing to know that God's not mad at them. Father, we thank you that we're effective witnesses of the kingdom, answer to people's prayer. Problem to the devil. Miracles in people's lives. So we leave today. We walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, do your cheese.